The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Today I'm going to preach a two-part message. And I always say this, the best part is tonight. So uh, if you can only make one of the two services, be sure you make tonight. And uh, so you can be here to hear the conclusion of, of, of the message. Today we're going to talk about a very well-known character in the, in the scriptures. Uh, we're going to talk about Peter. And uh, the title of my message is, And the Cock Crew. How many of you understand what that reference is, is all about? And the Cock Crew. And uh, tonight, today I'm, I'm going to look at this moment in time. This morning we're going to look, we're going to look at this moment in time uh, when Peter was put to the altar. Test. Now, I'm going to say some things this morning that are not necessarily easy to receive and easy to hear. And some of the things I'm going to say, people may say, well, he can't possibly be talking about me. But do you understand that we are all sinful men? We're just sinners saved by grace. And this side of glory, we are subject to the passions of men and the failures of, of being of the flesh. Now, we like to think good things about ourselves. And the prosperity preachers like to say, feel good about yourself. And, and you know, a lot of time I do feel good about myself, but there are times when I don't feel so good about myself. Do you ever experience that? In you, you ever, times when you, 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 you're so disgusted with yourself, time when you're so upset with yourself. I have no doubt in my mind, everyone in this room this morning loves God. I, I don't doubt that for a moment. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. You'd be, you'd be somewhere else doing something else. And that's not, please, I'm not taking a shot at everyone who's not here. Okay, some people are traveling, some people can't be here, some people are ill. And I understand that. Those are, those, are, those are some situations where people don't have a choice. And I understand that. And, and I know that those people love the Lord also. So I'm not saying today that, that we don't love God. I'm simply saying today we're not God. We're not Jesus Christ. We, we do not possess per- perfection. So we are going to fail. Do you understand that? You are going to fail. And so, but, but there are, there are things that, that we can, we can observe in the life of Peter that might help us avoid failure at times. You know, there's an old saying, it, it goes, foolish men learn by experience, but a wise man learns by the experience of foolish men. Now, Peter was, I'm sure we would all agree, Peter was probably the chief apostle. He was, he was probably the one that, that, was, that epitomized the church. He was the, he was the uh, what, what word am I looking for? Figurehead of the, of the first century church. 
But he, he failed. And he had to come to a point in his life where he became broken. Do you know, Christian, you get saved and your life changes and you go through life and everything's going really great. But can I tell you this? You are never fully going to understand or appreciate God until you come to that point in your life when you are broken. And I mean you fail. Utterly fail. Now you don't lose your salvation. But you're about as low as you can possibly go. There's nowhere to go but up. Until you reach that point, you are never ever really going to appreciate the Lord and never fully make a commitment to Him that will cause the complete surrender of your life. Now again, I I do not presume to say that I or you are any wise or in any way better than Peter. But we can succeed where Peter failed because we have him for an ensample. The Lord has shown us Peter's life so that we would see and learn and avoid the same pitfalls and snares. Now, as I share with you some observations uh, from this time today, I would trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and I the things that we must do in our lives, the changes we must make so that we too can live and glorify God. When I meditate upon the scriptures that we're going to talk about today, I see the wiles of the devil at work in Peter's life. And since I am no greater than Peter, these wiles will also hinder me if I'm not careful. Peter had no idea that he was about to backslide. Now I'd like for you to look with me please at Mark chapter 14. And let's all stand as we read, and let's go to verse number 26. Mark chapter 14, verse 26. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me. Thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Now let's please turn to verse number 66, chapter 14. Let's go over to verse number 66. 
And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out in the porch, and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again, and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And and the little after, uh, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereupon, he wept. What a moment. What a heartbreaking moment that must have been for Peter. To know that he denied his God. Let's pray. Father, we humbly stand before you now. And not one of us in this room can say that put in the same situation, we would not have done the same thing. Our heart grieves for our brother Peter that he had to endure such a moment. And Lord, this one failure was the result of several things that led to this moment. And as we look at these things today, help us not to have a judgmental spirit about Peter and not to have a judgmental spirit about any of our brothers or sisters. But Lord, help us to examine our own heart. And help us, Lord, to make changes in our life that will help us to avoid the same mistake. Thank you for this time we have. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would bless the preaching of this word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Peter made some pretty boastful statements. In Luke twenty-two thirty-three, he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. But the Lord knew what was really in Peter's heart. And he stated to Peter in the very next verse, Luke chapter 22 and verse 34, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before, thou, before that thou shalt, deny, shalt thrice deny that, I, that thou knowest me. So, what caused this to happen? I mean, this was Peter. He walked with Jesus. He communed with the Lord in the flesh. He observed all the miracles of Christ. He saw the intimacy that Jesus shared with the Father, and Jesus taught him to pray with that same intimacy. This was Peter. How how could this happen? How could he come to this moment and do this thing? 
Well, because he was human. And he had certain pitfalls in his life. Same things that, that affect us. And let me share some thoughts with you this morning. I'll be as brief as I can. In the spirit of the pastor, I'll probably finish up around 12.25, 12.30. But number one on your listening sheet today, I want to say this. Peter was insolent. Now that's not a very nice sounding word, is it? Insolent. Insolent just means disrespectful. That's what it means. Disrespectful. I want you to turn with, we're going to turn to a lot of scripture this morning, so turn as quickly as you can. Let's go to John. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and let's read beginning at verse number 3. John chapter 13, I'm sorry, verse, yeah, verse 3. John chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Now, Understand, this, this question is, this is sarcasm. See, Peter thought he was, in other words, he was saying, are you the God going to, going to wash my feet? And he thought that he was showing respect to God, but in fact, he was being insolent. Christ was trying to teach him a lesson, and he was being insolent. He was being disrespectful to his master. Verse 7. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do uh, thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Did you see what Peter said in verse 8? Thou shalt never wash my feet. Now, I don't care what he was trying to get across. That was very disrespectful, was it not? I'm sure Peter had respect for the person and the authority of Jesus. However, he spoke very rashly, which was common for Peter. If you know anything about Peter, he was... My father used to tell me growing up, he'd say, Boy, your, your mouth wakes up an hour before your brain. And the two never meet all day long. Because I was always saying, I was like Peter, I was always saying stupid and rash things. Peter was arrogant. He was arrogant the way he, he spoke to the Lord. He was, he, was, he was insolent. It stems from pride. Insolence stems from pride. When we fail to show a lack of respect, it's because of our own pride. And the devil was going to use this against Peter. He, he knew he could trap Peter with Peter's pride. And he was going to use it. 
Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, we read, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. You know what, you know what Jesus is saying here? Satan was appearing before God the Father, asking God to let him test Peter. Who else did the Satan do that with? Anybody know? Yeah. That's exactly what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, Peter, you better, you better rein it in, buddy, because right now, Satan is before the Father asking to let him have you. Peter was insolent. And his insolence led to his demise, led to his failure at the trial of Jesus. Now today, I see so much insolence in Christian people. People glibly refer to God as the old man upstairs. They view God as their pathway to prosperity. They wrongly overestimate their worth and value to God, supposing that God is some weak and lonely old man sitting in heaven who needs their companionship. Peter failed to understand the significance of the lesson Jesus was trying to teach him. The lesson that he that is greatest among you must be servant of all. His pride and his arrogance in that fleeting moment caused him to place himself above even the Master. And Jesus reminded him of this. Look again at where it's still there. Chapter 13, verse 12. So after, again, so after he washed their feet and had taken uh, his garments and was set down again, he, he, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Humility. That's what Jesus was trying to teach. He was trying to teach humility to his disciples. He was trying to teach them that the role of the servant is to serve. But Peter was insolent. His lack of respect stole from him any humility he could have possibly had and replaced it with pride. Peter could have had great joy in exhibiting humility before Christ. But he was insolent. And this was the first step in Satan's victory over Peter. Now, what about us today? Are we truly humble before God? Or are we insolent, just as Peter? I hear things all the time. Things such as, no one's going to tell me how to live my life. Well, how does God speak to us today? He speaks to us through His written Word. And by the way, the Bible tells us how to live, doesn't it? 
He speaks to us preaching. So when the preacher stands here and says, Thus saith the Lord, and, and tells us the things in life that we ought not do, God speaks to us through preaching, and He speaks to us through prayer. But people make statements such as, No one's going to tell me what, how to live my life. Or things like, I don't care what that preacher says. Things like, I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care who likes it or doesn't. Can, do Christians make those kind of statements? Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. Insolent Christians. Insolent Christians who, have, who don't have the proper respect for the principles of God. These types of statements are not evidence of a humble spirit. And the devil will use these to trap you. Just like he did Peter. But can I show you the lesson Peter learned from all of this? In 1 Peter chapter 5, look what Peter writes. He writes, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Whoa, did you see that? Mr. Big Pride Peter, Mr. Big Shot, Mr. No One's Going to Wash My Feet. Mr. I'm Not Going to Forsake You, I'll go, I'll go to the grave with you. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Oh yes, Peter was insolent. But ultimately his insolence was turned to humility. He was broken. And once broken, he was then ready to respect and honor the Father. But not before he made a terrible mistake on that fateful night. So first he was insolent. But then secondly, notice with me this. Peter was indifferent. He was indifferent. Now, to be indifferent is to have a lack of concern. Turn with me, please, to Mark chapter 14. Just back a little bit. Mark chapter 14. And let's begin reading at verse number 32. Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. Now that term, and watch, means to pray. So he said, wait here and pray. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst thou not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. 
The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Listen, Jesus singled out Peter because he knew what was about to happen to Peter. And the last thing Peter needed to be doing right now was sleeping. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither, neither wist they what to answer him. Maybe, maybe if Peter had humility, maybe if he was humble, he might have been more concerned for what was happening at that moment. I find it is interesting that though there were three disciples there, Jesus singled out Peter. To, to, to admonish. Perhaps the Lord was once again trying to warn Peter about what was going to happen in just a few short hours. Perhaps he was trying to open the eyes of the one who asserted with such confidence that though all men be offended, he would never be offended, even if it meant that he had to die with him. Yet Peter did not perceive the meaning of Jesus' words. Not once, but twice he fell asleep while Jesus prayed in the garden. So indifferent. So, he showed so little concern for the Lord or for himself. Now, I've been in the ministry for 35 years. I've served as a teacher and preacher of the gospel, organizing bus ministries, conducting music ministries, leading youth and children's ministries, and administrating Christian schools. And I can tell you today that I have seen indifference growing at an alarming rate in our local churches. Does it bother anyone today that we're losing our Christian liberties? You know, the vast, it doesn't bother the vast majority of Christians that our children no longer have a, a right to pray in school, that the Bible's not allowed in the classroom. It, does, it doesn't bother most Christians today. They're not overly concerned that in the workplace you're not allowed to speak of Christ. That you're not allowed to, to, to witness to people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother most, most, most Christians today that no longer are the Ten Commandments allowed in any government hall. It doesn't bother people today that legislators are, have legalized abortion, the murder of innocent, unborn children. It doesn't bother most, most Christian people. I mean, they, they don't necessarily agree with it, but it's a big deal. I'll sleep right through it, just like Peter. So few care anymore. So few care. We, the Christian people, turn our eyes the other way. We're like ostriches. We stick our head in the sand and hope it goes away. Well, I got news for you this morning. It's not going away. In fact, it's going to get worse. And it's high time that we as Christians stop being indifferent and start caring. It's high time that God's people will say, as Daniel said, I will not defile myself with the king's meat. It's time for us to choose, as Moses did, where the Bible says, choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God 
rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It is time for us to heed the admonition of Nehemiah, where in chapter 4 and verse 14 of his book, he writes, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your houses. But, how are Christians going to react? Eh, oh well. Who are you going to vote for this year? Most people just aren't going to vote. Most of the people I talk to, they tell me, I'm just not going to vote. We just don't care. Let's face it. We come to a church service. We sit in the auditorium. We sing the songs of Him and praise. And we don't care. We fall asleep while the world drags us deeper and deeper and deeper into evil. We just don't care. Peter was in the garden with Christ and Christ was obviously visibly stressed by what was happening. And what was Peter doing? Sleeping. Because he didn't care. And somebody noticed that. Actually, two people noticed it. Can anyone tell me one of them? Christ. Who was the second one? Satan. Satan said, ah, he's not so committed to Jesus. He doesn't care. He's disrespectful, and he doesn't care. So what's next? Well, next, number three, Peter was impatient. He was impatient. Let's look at John chapter 18 together. We're right near there. Just flip over to John chapter 18. Now, pastor's been really hammering us with the Ten Commandments, and you probably thought, oh, pastor's not here today. We'll have an easy week. No, that's not the way it works. John chapter 18. Look at verse number 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith to them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which he spake, Of them which thou gavest me, I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant. And cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Peter struck out to kill the man. I hope you realize he wasn't aiming at his right ear. He was just a terrible shot. 
Have you ever seen anyone pull out a sword and say, I'm going to cut off your ear? No, he was trying to kill the man. You know what happened? He decided to take matters into his own hands. So he drew out his sword and rushed ahead of God. Matthew 26, And behold, one of them which was which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legion of angels? But how shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? You see, Peter, because he was so insolent, and because he was so uh, unconcerned, did not understand what was happening at this moment. Because Jesus had been teaching them all along. But he didn't understand what was happening, and so he decided he had to do something about this. He had to stop this from happening. He took such rash action because he failed to fully understand God's purpose and plan. And this is the result of his insolence and his indifference. I mean, we, we all know that Peter was always trying to outdo everyone, right? Including Jesus himself. <laughs> Peter even tried to outdo Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 14 with me for an example of this. Matthew chapter 14. And look at verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered. Now look at this. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Peter wanted to outdo Jesus. He, He said, If you can walk on the water, so can I. So can I. So I'm going to walk on the water too. That was Peter. And when we fail to understand God's plan, we become impatient also, just like Peter. But we're no better than he, right? We want what we want when we want it. And if God does not give it to us fast enough, we'll just go and get it for ourselves. You know, I'm certainly no example, but at times... I go through difficulties and I, 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 begin to, I begin to worry, which I should never do because I know that God is in control of all things. And I find myself sometimes trying to think of ways that I can improve my situations. But then it's like the Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? Don't you know who's in charge? Don't you know that God is going to provide for you what he wants you to have? Now, we need to do all that we can do and all that we should do. But do you understand that God is going to take care of you? That he is going to give you all that you need and we just need to be patient and trust him? I see so many people make mistakes because they're impatient. And, and, and I'm not perfect, and I do the same thing at times. But you ever hear the old saying, fools rush in? We need, to, we need to just sit back and understand, listen, 
God knows what I'm going through. He knows where I am in my life. If, if I'm going through this, I'm going through it because God wants me to go through it. There's lessons to be learned. There's things to be gained. I need to open my ears and shut my mouth and wait upon the Lord and, and just be patient and wait until he shows me what he wants me to do. Now, while I am being patient, I will do all that I need to do, but I will not get ahead of God. And that's what Peter did here. He tried to get ahead of God. God has a purpose and a plan for us. And we need to, we need to stop trying to tell God what we want and start listening to God and see what He wants. We must learn to live by faith. We must learn to trust the Lord. We must learn to be patient and wait. And God will show us what He wants us to do. When was the last time you prayed as Jesus did? Not my will, but thine, O Lord. Peter was insolent. He was indifferent. He was impatient. And now all of this leads to the final observation, and that is, Peter was inhibited. Now, to be inhibited means to be limited or restrained. Peter was inhibited. Let's, let's look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And we're going to go to verse 54. Luke 22, verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour another After another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Look at verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. What a look that must have been. Peter couldn't bear it. He ran out and wept bitterly. Peter has failed on every front. His pride and his arrogance left him ashamed and with no testimony. His indifference left him powerless and empty. His impatience left him vulnerable and unprotected. And now, now Satan has him. See, Satan observed his insolence. Satan observed 
his indifference. Satan observed his impatience. And now he has him. He lacked the courage to stand for Jesus. Peter, the man who just just a short time ago drew his sword and tried to kill a man for Jesus, he doesn't have the courage to stand with him. Peter, the one who 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 was the leader of the of the disciples who was out in the front all the time, the one who wanted to walk on the water, the one the one whom Jesus called upon so often. He didn't have the courage to stand for Jesus. I think that's the saddest event in history. Luke chapter 22. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, I want you to stop for just a moment and consider what that look from Jesus must have felt like for Peter. It makes me shudder to think what that would have been like. I mean, I've had had my dad, and probably many of you can relate, I've had my dad give me some looks that just, just struck me, nearly struck me dead right on the spot. But this had to be worse. For Jesus to look at you with a look of total desertion, Total disappointment. Total failure. I don't know how it felt, but I do know this. Peter ran out and wept bitterly. And the bitterness he felt was not toward Jesus. It wasn't even toward the mob. It was toward himself. Because he failed. Over his own failure. Jesus warned him. He told Peter that Satan desired to have him. To sift him. But he was too arrogant, too proud, too insolent. Jesus tried to tell him to pray and watch out. But he was too indifferent. He didn't care. Jesus told him the plan and purpose of God, but he was too impatient to wait for God. He acted on his own. And now he is totally inhibited. He cannot stand with faith and courage. He cannot admit that he was the disciple of the Lord. He is powerless. He is gutless. And he is destitute of faith. And then the cock crew. We must all, as did Peter, face these same trials. The day is fast approaching when we will have to stand with or deny the Lord. On our jobs, in our schools, even in our homes at times, we face this challenge. What are we going to do? Are you going to repeat the mistakes of Peter and and fail in in this trial as, as he did? Or are we going to allow Satan to sift us as wheat? Or are we going to learn from Peter's mistake? Do not be insolent. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Awake from indifference. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, 
and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Overcome impatience. Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And then serve the Lord without inhibition. In Isaiah chapter 40 we read, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We have a choice this morning. We can continue in our disrespect for God and His principles. We can develop an uncaring attitude, an unconcern for what for, for, for the things around us. We can lack in confidence and courage and faith. And when the test comes, we'll fail. Or we can learn from Peter's mistakes. Now tonight, we're going to continue this journey with Peter. This all, turns, this all transpired before Calvary. And, and Peter was broken. We saw at the end of our message today, what did he do? He, he ran out and wept bitterly. He was broken. He was, he was defeated. Satan has, has conquered him. But tonight, you come back. And we're going to show you the new Peter. We're going to show you the one that Jesus himself lifted out of the ashes. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that you revealed to us. Lord, none of us here would do any better than Peter put in the same situation. Paul wrote, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And it is but by your grace that we have strength and we're able to carry on. So bless us, we pray. Instruct us in our hearts. And tonight, I pray you continue to teach us further as we try to understand what we need to be. Thank you for this time. Now we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www. 
www.bebaptist.org.